Good morning. Welcome to the Marketing Minutes Podcast. My name is Patrick Laffin, and today is Friday, May 6th, 2022. All right. So let's get started by taking a look back at performance from yesterday. The NASDAQ finished down 4.99%. The S&P 500 finished down 3.55%. The Dow Jones Industrial Average finished down 3.12%. And lastly, the Russell 2000 ended the day down 4.82%. In terms of sector performance, the best performing sectors yesterday were utilities and energy. Utilities finished down 1.07%, followed by energy, which ended the day down 1.39%. The worst performing sectors yesterday were consumer discretionary and technology. Consumer discretionary finished down 6.15%, followed by technology, which ended the day down 4.93%. The market got absolutely crushed yesterday, as stocks suffered their worst day of the year, easily giving up Wednesday's gains in the first hour of trading. But before we get into the bloodshed from yesterday, the day started with some economic data. The Labor Department's weekly initial jobless claims showed jobless claims for the week ending April 30th rose by 19,000 to 200,000. Meanwhile, continuing claims for the week ending April 23rd decreased by 19,000 to 1.384 million. The key takeaway from this release is that initial claims are still around historically low levels, likely the result of tightness in the labor market. In other economic releases, the Bureau of Labor Statistics reported that worker productivity fell to start 2022 at its fastest pace in nearly 75 years, while labor costs soared. So non-farm business sector labor productivity decreased 7.5% in the first quarter, which is the largest quarterly decrease since the third quarter of 1947. In addition, over the same period, unit labor costs soared 11.6%. Now, the key takeaway from this report is that it's a reflection of weak economic activity and rising labor costs that threaten corporate profit margins and really the economy overall. And it also provides additional data points that show that inflation is likely here to stay. So not a great day for economic data. And not a great day for the market either. So when looking at performance yesterday, I think the most startling aspect of everything was that Wednesday's feel-good rally coming off the Fed's rate hike announcement was wiped out within the first hour of trading. And aside from a small uptick in buying at the close, There was no buying momentum at all yesterday outside of investors hedging against further downside. And it was an interesting sell-off because there was no real concrete reason for it. Some investors and market pundits concluded that the sell-off was the result of the realization that the Fed's announced interest rate hike would not be enough to tame red-hot inflation. Others pointed to the behavior of the treasury market as a source of angst for the stock market, especially the growth stocks as the 10-year Treasury yield rose 15 basis points to 3.07% yesterday after hitting an intraday high of 3.10%. But the real reason for the sell-off likely comes down to sentiment and concerns about runaway inflation. Regardless of the reason, one thing is clear 
and that is that selling was broad-based. All 11 sectors finished lower by at least 1.1%. More than 80% of S&P 500 stocks declined, and declining issues outpaced advancing issues by a margin of 8 to 1 at the NYSE. In addition, volatility was through the roof, as the CBOE volatility index spiked 22.7% to 31.2%. And really, nothing was safe yesterday, from mega-cap growth to micro-cap value stocks. Now, the good news for the market is that today is a new day. We can put yesterday behind us and shift our focus to the Labor Department's monthly employment report coming out in just a couple of hours for clues on the labor market and its impact on monetary policy. Hopefully, we see the market bounce back and investors take advantage of all the sales from yesterday. But given the past couple of weeks, there's no telling how the market will react today. Regardless of what does happen, though, as always, I'll be sure to keep you updated. Moving on to headlines, outside of the onslaught in the markets, it was actually a fairly quiet day in terms of other news stories. With that being said, European shoppers are getting a relief on grocery prices from an unlikely source, the grocery stores themselves. So last month, consumer prices in Europe reached a new high as Russia's war in Ukraine continued on, putting a strain on price-conscious buyers. As a result, France's largest grocery chain, Leclerc, started to place popular products under a price shield in order to make them cheaper. The idea of a price shield on essential items caught on and have taken root in the UK and Germany and others around the EU are considering following suit. And it's an interesting concept as the grocery stores will freeze prices of between 100 and 150 top products through July with the intended goal of providing customers with predictable prices for the items they buy the most. Now the grocery stores will be forced to eat the cost But many stores, such as Leclerc, hope to build customer loyalty by being there for them during this time. So an innovative idea to fight inflation. Meanwhile, here in the US, food producers have found sneaky ways to mask rising prices, most notably by shrinking sizes. For instance, Frito-Lay has been taking a few chips out of each bag of chips sold, while Pepsi has slightly shrunk the size of its Gatorade bottles to provide less product. In other news stories, according to an SEC filing published yesterday, Elon Musk has secured $7.14 billion in total for his takeover of Twitter. In addition, the filing showed that Oracle co-founder Larry Ellison, venture capital firm Sequoia, and crypto exchange platform Binance are among a cohort of investors that plan to support Elon Musk's $44 billion Twitter takeover. So Ellison is contributing $1 billion, making him the biggest new backer, while Sequoia is contributing $800 million. Binance, which has obviously benefited from Musk's love of crypto, has committed $500 million. Other investment firms backing the bid include Qatar Holdings, which is contributing $375 million, and Fidelity, which has pledged $316 million. And these new commitments will help Musk to cut the margin loan he has taken from $12.5 billion to $6.25 billion dollars. So good for him. In regards to this deal, it was also reported yesterday that Musk is expected to serve as a temporary CEO of Twitter for a few months after he completes the takeover of the social media company. And lastly, speaking of Musk, both him and Kathy Wood, CEO of ARK Invest, took aim at index funds in an interesting Twitter thread yesterday, arguing that passive investments control too big a percentage of the stock market. The exchange was a response to a post by venture capitalist Mark Anderson, 
who said giant passive asset managers have outsized voting power in corporate America because of their increasingly popular index funds. Musk responded by stating that, quote, there should be a shift back towards active investment. Passive has gone too far. While Kathy Wood chimed in saying investors in index funds like the S&P 500 ETF missed out on Tesla's 400-fold appreciation before it was added to the equity benchmark. So an interesting story to end us there. And we'll end today, as we always do, by taking a look back at some famous historic events from March 6th of the past. Starting today in 1626, when Dutch colonist Peter Minuit organized the purchase of Manhattan Island from Native Americans for 60 guilders worth of goods. In case you're wondering, the estimated modern-day value of the 60 guilder of goods in 2022 dollars is just under $1,500. Quite possibly the best purchase of all time. In 1889, the World's Fair in Paris opened, featuring the recently completed Eiffel Tower serving as the entrance arc. On this day in 1937, while landing at Lakehurst, New Jersey, on its first transatlantic crossing of the year, the German Zeppelin Hindenburg burst into flames and was destroyed, killing 36 of the 97 persons on board. Four years later, in 1941, dictator Joseph Stalin becomes the premier of Russia and the dictator of the Union of Soviet Socialist Republics, also known as the USSR. During his reign, some historians believe that his regime was responsible for deaths of 20 million people or higher. In 1954, British athlete Roger Bannister became the first person to run a mile in under four minutes, clocking in at three minutes, 59 seconds, and four milliseconds. And lastly, in 2004, the final episode of the television sitcom Friends aired and was watched by more than 52 million viewers. So with that, I hope everyone has a great day and more importantly, a better weekend. I am Patrick Laffin and this is the Marketing Minutes Podcast. Please note the content of this podcast is for informational and educational purposes only. It is not a recommendation of any specific investment product, strategy, or decision. It is not intended to suggest taking or refraining from any course of action. It is not intended to address the needs, circumstances, or investment objectives of any specific investor.